Francine, bringing you more reviews, recaps, and rants on all your favorite K-dramas. This is Drama Buds, an anime podcast. So hello everyone, welcome to today's episode of Drama Buds. This is another chill and chat episode where, yeah, just talk about whatever. Because I've been been thinking. I don't know if anyone has the impression of me that I am anti-rom-com in any way. Whether it's from something I've said before on the podcast or something I've tweeted, probably. Or, you know, the fact that when was the last time I talked about a rom-com? Or, no, when was the last time I even finished one? Wait, let me check my drama tracker. My last rom-com was Love to Hate You. That was... February. And I've dropped so many since then. I mean, yeah. King of the Land, I only got to episode 11 or something. And then before that, I think Crash Course in Romance, I dropped at episode 9. And then the other ones this year that kind of blew up a bit. Uh, Destined with You, not interested. What's the one with you in uh, Bora Debora? Also not interested. I'm sure there are more, but I-, I can't think of them off the top of my head. So my point is, you may think that the evidence points to me being a rom-com anti, but I'm not. Like, let me just put that out there. I'm not an anti of it in principle. I don't actively seek them out. I don't think that, oh, as soon as it's a rom-com, I instantly have to try it. And when I do watch one, I, I sit there actively wanting to like it. But the thing is, I'm very picky (laughs) and I've been in a slump for months and months this past year. So the fact that none of them have clicked with me since then is not an indication that I hate the genre in itself, but more that I just couldn't watch anything. But anyway, today is not exactly an in-defense-of-rom-coms episode, although that could happen someday, I guess. But I do kind of want to talk about, I don't know, some of the disdain or the condescension I've seen towards rom-coms as a genre in K-dramas. And I want to talk about and unpack the phrase, silly little rom-com. Because I love that phrase. I love saying, oh, I'm in the mood for a silly little rom-com right now. And that comes from a place of, oh, I want to watch something that's, you know, simple but exciting, engaging, entertaining. But I do know that others use it as, oh, it's just a silly little rom-com, shouldn't be taken seriously, can't possibly be on the same level as other K-dramas simply because of its genre. I kind of resent that. I I don't like that condescending tone. So yes, I want to unpack that phrase, how it's used by actual rom-com antis. And also a problem I've noticed in rom-coms recently that I'm sure I'm not the only one who's complaining about it. And that's obviously the rom-com mystery, the murder mysteries, and all the quote-unquote unnecessary conflicts that we see a lot nowadays. So let's unpack the phrase, silly little rom-com. Now, I think people use it affectionately when they acknowledge that what is the purpose of a rom-com? It's to give you romance, it's to give you comedy, it's there to entertain, to show you chemistry, to take, you know, age-old tropes and spin it around somehow with a new set of pretty faces and just give people a good time. And though I say that, I say that that is the purpose of a rom-com, I do feel a bit disappointed that the moment that someone is cast for a rom-com, the instant reaction is, oh, okay, so they're just taking a break in their career. Or if someone only does rom-coms, they're like, oh, okay, so they have no ambitions. I mean, <laughs> hey, 
okay, I'm super guilty of that. I'm so guilty of saying that, oh, okay, actor XYZ has no ambitions because, you know, they've taken a silly little rom-com. Like, okay, <laughs> super guilty of saying that many times about many different actors. But it's kind of sad that, yeah, the moment someone takes a rom-com, oh, okay, no one's ever going to get an award for this. No one's ever going to take this role seriously. That's kind of sad. The last time I remember an actor or actress being awarded for, you know, a lighter role is uh, Kim Go-un for Yumi Cells, right? She was Best Actress in, I think, Blue Dragon TV Awards, something like that. And that was so out of nowhere because you think, oh, wow, compared to, I, I don't know who else was nominated at that time, but you'd expect it's always the darker roles or, you know, the one where a woman is screaming, crying, throwing up and how intense everything is. Or even for male leads, like, yeah, when's the last time we had a, a rom-com male lead awarded as best actor in the Beksang? Kang Hanul as Wang Yongshik in When the Camellia Blooms. Which, by the way, I have a little bit of beef with. We'll get into that later. Because it is partially Camellia's fault that we're facing the murder mystery crisis in rom-com land nowadays. But, you know, the point is, people look down on rom-coms, don't take it seriously. Award-giving bodies definitely don't take it seriously. And I think that's sad. I think it's sad that because the purpose is to entertain, to give people a good time, to show chemistry, to show romance, that, oh, suddenly it's not as serious or it's not as award-worthy as something that's, you know, people screaming, crying, throwing up, or some deep social issue that may or may not even be executed as well as a good old rom-com. Although, I feel like rom-coms have been so saturated over the decades that we don't appreciate good execution whenever it's there. And because the main purpose is entertainment, it's very subjective as to when it's good. Meanwhile, you know, people think with a thriller that, oh, as long as it's super brilliant and you couldn't tell what was going to happen and you couldn't trust any of the characters and this and that, like, oh, yeah, that's instant formula for an award-winning thriller. Okay, I'll just say it. I'll just put it out there. If I were to be an anti of any genre, I think it would be crime thrillers. I think I'm not a fan of crime thrillers. Looking back at it, all of the supposedly best of the best crime dramas, I felt that I was saying it was good because that's, you know, the consensus. But then deep inside, I'm like, it was pretty boring for most of it. Many of them, you know, withhold so much information, you know, to keep the, the mystery, to keep the suspense at the cost of engagement. I like being there step by step with the characters instead of, you know, they're just withholding everything from you instead of, you know, feeling lost the whole time. And then suddenly in episode 13, there's a big reveal and they, they make it seem so brilliant. And just by then, I'm, I'm done with the show <laughs> by episode 13, if that's the only time we get any proper answers. Anyway, so yeah, just so you know, if I were to be an anti of any genre, it might be thrillers, not rom-coms. Now, we've talked about people not taking rom-coms seriously. We've talked about the genre being so saturated over the years. And we've also talked about it being very subjective. Like, some people are entertained, other people are not. And let's focus on that last one, on it being so subjective, on the goodness or badness of a rom-com being more subjective than other genres, I'd say. I stand by that, but that doesn't mean 
they can't be criticized. Because I have seen people use the phrase, it's just a silly little rom-com, as kind of saying, you're overthinking it. You're not supposed to be thinking that deeply about it when people have something to say. I think I'm guilty of both of those, of being the one telling people that they're thinking too deeply when I was enjoying something. And I've also been guilty of being the overthinker who can't just sit down and enjoy it. Because first of all, I have a podcast and I'm a psychology major. So, you know, overthinking is kind of how I make a living. (laughs) And two, my brain was probably working because I wasn't enjoying it. Usually, I can say if I enjoy something that my brain just shut down. Even if I didn't want to, even if I wanted to have thoughts, I was like, nope, no thoughts, head empty, just enjoying. That's so rare and I miss that feeling. I'm kind of getting that with uh, Strong Girl Namsoon at the moment where I don't love everything about it. But the few moments that I have with the main leads, I'm like, I'm good. I'm happy with that. That's enough for me. I'm having fun with whatever that is. My point is, yes, many aspects about what makes a rom-com good are subjective. Whether the romance is hitting right depends on how you view the chemistry, which is so, 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 so subjective. One person may be losing their minds over two people making eye contact. The other person thinks they look like siblings. Okay? (laughs) It's so subjective. And even the tropes that writers use to, you know, facilitate the romance, some may find it so romantic, so exciting, and others may cringe at it. Some may think it's just way too unrealistic or there are too many pitfalls for the situation that have been addressed in other K-dramas, but how come this K-drama is just glossing over it? And the comedy aspect of a rom-com is also very subjective. I mean, what's funny to one person may be just cringe to another. A lot of it may be based on Korean culture, on Korean humor that other cultures, and if you don't speak the language, you may not get. It's just so subjective. But I think rom-coms are still subject to, you know, the typical rules about plotting and pacing and characterization. There, I think that's my point. Let's not use the phrase, it's just a silly little rom-com as a shield to, you know, prevent something from ever being criticized. Although I cannot make any promises that I won't be saying that accidentally in the future. So now that we're on the topic of criticizing rom-coms, here's something I will always criticize. The murder mystery. You knew it was coming. Here is my hot take. I think murder mysteries in rom-com, it indicates lack of faith in your own material. It indicates lack of faith in your main couple for having enough like chemistry within the writing to carry the show. It indicates lack of faith in the love story that you're trying to tell. And aside from not having faith in your own material to keep viewers engaged without a mystery, it also indicates lack of faith in the viewers, thinking that they are so fickle that they need some kind of mystery to be baited into watching, into continuing the drama. But ultimately, it's a lack of faith in what you're writing. There, that's that's my hot take on it. And of course, there are some, you know, plots that will work with a murder mystery somehow. Like if one of the characters is a detective or, or if they have superpowers or, or whatever. You can, you can come up with whatever scenarios will make a murder in a rom-com work. It can happen, definitely. And it can be done well, I'm sure. But generally speaking, those who add it in, I think, just have too much airtime to fill. 
and they think they might as well blend genres because it worked at some point, right? I won't say that When the Camellia Blooms is the first who has done something like this. No, I'm sure it's not. But it's the only one who has won a desang, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure it's the only one who has desang and best screenplay, I think. And not gonna lie, I didn't love that drama or maybe I watched it too soon in my K-drama watching life to have appreciated it fully. But I'm sure it was more than just the fact that there was a murderer that made it so popular and so critically acclaimed. But yeah, Camellia is uh, the exception, not the rule. And I would highly suggest writers to, you know, maybe focus a little more on the love story, on the characters and their families and their friends and the world around them instead of trying to bring in a murder mystery to kind of add some spice. Like, there are other ways to add spice and to keep people engaged. And one of them is to write an actually engaging story to make likable but also believable characters who are a little bit too good to be true but also not so perfect that, you know, absolutely nothing gets them down and nothing prevents them from being together. You know, there are so many ways to make a rom-com engaging without resorting to the murder mystery. And the last thing I kind of want to touch on is when people say, oh, this conflict is so unnecessary. I just want them to be happy already. Wasn't this a silly little rom-com? Why are we dealing with all of this? And although I, I do agree in some cases, I would like to clarify that this conflict, whatever super convoluted, ridiculous conflict is going on, yeah, this conflict is unnecessary. But conflict in itself, in a drama, is absolutely necessary. Once upon a time, I said, oh, I just want a drama, a silly little rom-com, no conflict, just want to have a good time. And then when I got it, I realized, oh, we need conflict because without conflict, it's boring. Ah, that's why. And let's bring up some examples of of both of the phenomena that I'm talking about. 2023 is a great year for this comparison. What's a rom-com with supposedly unnecessary conflict? I'd say Crash Course in Romance, right? No one liked the murder mystery. If anyone here would like to do an in-defense of the murder mystery in Crash Course in Romance, please, by all means, hit me up on Twitter, on Discord. I would love to hear it because I think universally, I've never seen anyone say, you know what, I really like the murder in Crash Course in Romance. Really added so much to their love story, added so much to the excitement of watching it week per week. I, I have not seen that opinion. And also, disclaimer, I did not finish this drama, so I didn't really see how that all panned out. But as I was watching it, every scene in every episode about the murderer with the the metal balls, it just felt so out of place. I don't know why, why it was there. And for a romance that was already moving so slowly, like there were so many obstacles and you barely felt their feelings developing by... I think episode 9 was when I gave up on it. Yeah, it was already so slow. And then there was this conflict, this murderer that I just didn't care about and wasn't tying into what was happening between the leads. Anyway, so that's one end of the spectrum. And then the other end of that is, you know, fun and vibes, no conflict. That's King Veland. I mean, there was truly nothing stopping those two from getting together. I thought maybe the CEO employee, the class differences, you know, the the kind of bullying that she was receiving with her co-workers in, in King the Land, his family, something. I was waiting for something to stop them from, from being with each other. And it seems like all they had to do was say, I love her. That's it. And then everyone was okay with it. 
from what I remember, huh? I, once again, I did not finish that. I stopped at episode 11. But for the most part, I, I swear someone tweeted this. If you ever wanted to watch a 16-episode drama that was just filler episodes, that's what this is. And once again, I'm not going to knock it for wanting to achieve the the mission of entertaining people and giving people a good time by yeah giving them a no-stress, no-conflict drama. They achieved their goal. A lot of people liked it, but it was not for me. <laughs> it did not accomplish that for me. So yeah, I think 2023 is an interesting year for rom-coms in K-drama land because we have two that did really well, you know, surprisingly, both domestically and internationally, but to me are very flawed for, on one hand, having an unnecessary conflict and on the other hand, having absolutely no conflict that I felt like I'm not really motivated to keep watching this because I already know that they're going to end up together and be happy together because it's a rom-com. Because that's, you know, you come in with that expectation. But at least give the journey more bumps in the road, you know? Make it a little more thrilling, but not in the murder mystery kind of thrilling. So my point with bringing those dramas up is that there is definitely a balance somewhere in the middle. Where, no, we don't have those weird conflicts that are really removed from what's happening between the leads. Like, I'd love something more character-driven, you know? Something about them internally, believing that they can't be together. I I like those. I think a lot of CEO romances tackle that because obviously there is a class disparity here. It's not just, oh, I don't deserve to be with him because he's the CEO or something. I also like it when they explore the idea that, hey, we grew up in completely different worlds. What do we really have in common? And do those things matter if we like each other and choose to love each other and commit to each other? That's interesting to explore. It's common. It's I'm certain it's been done before. Or when they get into like crazy shenanigans where it's like fake dating or, you know, mistaken identity or whatever fun trope is out there. You know, they enter into a relationship not being their authentic selves. So, you know, how do we get from that to, hey, I'm really falling in love with you as a person. How do we restart this relationship where we're more authentic to ourselves? And to the people around us. I feel like I'm describing business proposal. Okay, I really like business proposal. I think that's the last rom-com that I really fully brain off enjoyed. Of course, everyone is thinking of a different rom-com at the moment that they think is like, this is quintessential rom-com for me. This is everything I enjoy. For me, yeah, business proposal was what gave me that. It gave me those feelings. Where one, I was entertained enough to have my brain turn off. And also... I don't know, I just, I found them cute. Could have ended better, obviously. But I like the journey of both of them, realizing that they liked each other beyond this fake relationship. Yumi Cells is not a traditional rom-com. It's a bit slice of lifey, and obviously the animation aspect of being in Yumi's mind adds a, a layer that no other K-drama has really gotten into. But if we're talking more about season one, which I felt was more of a rom-com, I like both of these characters. I like the journey of Yumi, you know, opening her heart up to someone new and the awkwardness of a new relationship and also the struggles. I really am not the biggest rom-com fan, but I'm definitely not an anti. (laughs) And I'm definitely looking for something that will give me the same brain-off experience I had with Business Proposal and, you know, some of the feels and the absolute love I had for characters the way I got it with Yumi Cells. But yeah, my point here is that, yes, some conflicts are really convoluted, totally out of nowhere, possibly unnecessary, but conflict in itself is very necessary. Because if not, we're gonna get something that's just too straightforward with absolutely no hook. 
if you're into that, if that's really what you're looking for, more power to you. Those are actually more difficult to find than a rom-com with a lot of conflict that you may or may not want. But uh, personally, not for me. I need a little struggle to keep me hooked. So that's it for me today. I hope this episode was okay. I just, yeah, just wanted to share whatever thoughts I had about rom-coms. Tell me if there's any genre or any type of show that you'd like me to talk about like this. Or it's just general thoughts. Like, really, just my musings on what's going on with this genre. If I like it in the first place. And what I find makes some of them work while others are just not for me. Oh wait, another like random thought I had. I retweeted this the other day. Someone said that there are just some genres that are better binged. For example, rom-coms and thrillers. And I absolutely agree. 100%. No notes. Totally agree. I've already said that for thrillers, I already know I'm gonna get bored somewhere in the middle or, you know, the constant like withholding of information will just annoy me. So I'd rather binge it. And also knowing that the journey is worth it, that it's worth sitting through the slog of red herrings and misleading information. Knowing that it ends well and it ties everything together well, I need that. I'm not willing to jump into a thriller for the sake of it anymore. And also rom-coms, really, they're right. You have to binge a rom-com. Because here's the thing, you may think that, oh, I want to watch a rom-com weekly because I need something light every week just to, you know, to take the edge off. It's a very good weekend watch. For example, Strong Girl Namsoon. That is a very good weekend watch. I'm watching it right now every weekend and I look forward to it. However, when a show inevitably dips a little bit, when a rom-com in particular, the initial hook has ran its course, we're getting into the deeper conflicts or it's not as fun and wacky as the first episodes because we have to move on from the synopsis, from the initial tropes, it starts to dip. And then it's not as enjoyable anymore. And that's when people start complaining. You know, the episode 9, 10, 11 slump before the episode 12 nosedive. And you can't rely on, oh, but remember episodes 2, 3, 4 were so good. That was four weeks ago, babe. The feelings are not fresh anymore. But if you watched the entire thing in the span of a week, two weeks, you know, episodes 2, 3, 4, that was just two days ago. You can still hold on to those good feelings from back then. So yeah, I think I will also commit to not watching rom-coms when they're ongoing because every rom-com that I tried watching while they were airing, I ended up dropping them. We'll see how long I last with Strong Girl Namsoon. But yeah, that's a case where the crime stuff kind of fits because they're super powered and the male lead is a cop. It kind of makes sense that there's a crime mystery in here. But yeah, if you have any genres that you think I should talk about or any rom-coms that might fully convert me into rom-comism, please send it to me on Twitter, on Discord, email, or in the Spotify answer box. But yeah, that's it for me today. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you soon.